This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. When it comes down to it, what are we at our core? We are North American Waterfowl. Welcome to another episode of the North American Waterfowler Podcast. My name is Elliot, and I appreciate you listening to this. We are in, I was thinking about it the other day. It's like, you know, you've got early season, mid-season, late season. I would say that, for me, November 1st moves into the mid-season range. Um, Teal season, most of October, I would consider early season. When I start moving away from shooting teal, to big ducks that's kind of mid-season and so uh, my last hunts i went on were those three up there on the missouri river i just today released hunt three it's my favorite of the three hunts on my youtube channel freelance duck and hunting over on youtube make sure that you go and check those out you can also see them by joining the facebook group the north american waterfowler where i post them over there I'm really, I'm pretty, ha- I'm pretty happy with how those videos turned out. Not really happy. Um, all of it is GoPro. I didn't put down the GoPro as much, and so most of the kill shots are either head head cam footage or stationary GoPro cam footage that I put in the decoys. And so I'm never completely satisfied with a video. Um, if I don't have some big camera work in it, I just find it so much more satisfying to get shots of birds in the air and and that really makes me happy and that ultimately that's my goal but i would say that those three videos really captured the essence of those hunts and you know i I don't want to beat a dead horse about this trip because i've talked about it a lot but um it's gonna take it's i'm gonna be thinking about those trips for a long time re-watching those videos just a really really special trip so i released hunt three today fact about five hours ago 
So make sure that you check those out. So we have moved into midseason. And, you know, we get in these patterns where we get a really nice front, typically either the end of October, more than likely beginning of November, we get a really, really nice front, something substantial. And then we go into a really warm, tepid weather phase for about two, three weeks. And man, does it ever go stale. And I don't know that we're in that. I'd say that we are in that right now. I have not hunted since going up and hunting on the Mo River. But I would say that we are in that zone now. If I'm, I'm a, Let me pull up the weather for you here and tell you what we're doing in my state for the foreseeable future. Um, it is, it was 70 degrees today on November 11th. It's going to be 62 tomorrow, 63 on Saturday, a little bit cooler, um, on Sunday. And then here are the highs from then on 67, 68, 70, 70, 69, 67, 62, 57, 50. So we do get a little cool down right around the 21st and 22nd where the highs are going to be 54, lows of 34. Instead, of, I mean, November 15th, it's 70 degrees. November 16th, 70 degrees, low of 52. Low of 52 with south winds. So I am fully expecting us to go into this cycle of stale birds they just get in the area they know where to go they know where not to go they get very very wary they get very very hard to to deal with and i think that we're probably going to go into that but i have a plan and i am i'm gonna go i'm gonna travel this weekend and i'm gonna go off to um, places areas in which i am somewhat familiar with but not really familiar with and learn them where the habitat's better, the water's better, and I'm just going to see if I can find the prime habitat. Because I feel like when you get into phases of warm weather like this, I want to hunt the prime habitat. Now, the prime habitat, the let me step back. I, I won't hunt the prime habitat that everyone else hunts because you definitely don't want to be morning hunting places that everyone goes to because you're not going to find ducks there. They're going to be night feeding um, and they're not going to be there in the morning. So I'm looking for the primest habitat I can find that's a little less traveled is basically what I'm looking for. So I'm going to talk about my trip this weekend that I'm really, really excited about. I'm actually really excited about this, what I'm doing. Then I'm going to do a comment of the week that came from um, YouTube. And then we've got another Woody's top five. But before we do that, guys, don't forget. In fact, right when I'm done recording this, I, I'm double recording tonight. I'm recording um, this one for you guys, uh, which releases on Thursday the 9th. And then Monday's podcast, I'm having patron josiah main on and it is a live stream event where if you're on patreon you get a link and you can come and participate with us while we record live you can see it you can comment it, it's it's a really cool atmosphere where people are chatting and talking so don't forget patreon patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting to come over and join the fun 
And there's all sorts of perks and benefits that you can get over there. And so I'm going to be recording that in just a little bit of time. And also, uh, it's not too late to get in on your waterfowl needs at finalapproachfabrand.com. You can get 10% off using the FDH10 code, whether it's decoys, clothes, blinds, all of your waterfowl needs. If you're looking for something, go check it out. Use that code to get yourself 10% off. Those of you that have already done that, I get a little email when someone uses the code. So people are using the code and and I appreciate that. So um, I encourage you to go over and do that. Also, don't forget if you're looking for a duck call, you want to go with Bobby Hayes' organization, Duck Lander Calls. That 10% code is NAW23, where you can get 10% off of any of his calls. And I've also talked to listeners that are taking advantage of that code as well. And as always, on Exxon, I have been on on X like crazy. I don't even want to talk about how I've been using it, quite honestly. I used to feel like I had such an advantage on people. This was about 2006, 2007. Just some people were using satellite imagery, but it wasn't a thing. Your common average waterfowl hunter was just not using satellite imagery. And I was using it like crazy. And I know that I had the advantage of people at that time. And now there's some new stuff coming out now that, again, is giving me the advantage. And I'm feeling the same way now that I felt back then. In fact, clear up to before before everyone started using OnX, where um, more people were using satellite images, and I was on the Duck on podcast, I really did not like talking about satellite imagery. Because one thing about my waterfowl hunting is that I am not lazy when it comes to feet on the ground. I am not lazy when it comes to research places. I will learn a place. I will know the nuances of a place. And I will outwork people to find birds. And I don't want to lose that advantage. And the modern satellite imagery is absolutely taking that advantage away. There's some stuff that's coming out on OnX with current imagery but also on another app, on another website where I kind of, when I'm really, really scouting hard, and I mentioned this before, I get on it, I, I get on my desktop. This is the best way to do this. And I get up three tabs. I get up Onyx, I get up Google Earth, and I get up a third one. I'm not going to tell you the third one. I got I to gotta hold some stuff to myself. I got to hold some stuff to myself. But the third one has the best recent imagery Like it'll come out with a new satellite image like every three or four days. So in the past, when I used to have to take trips that would be an all-day scout to find out where the water levels are, that's a thing of the past now. And um, so I've been scouring um, on some of these places that I'm going to be going to this weekend. And OnX is a big, huge part of that. So make sure that you download on X hunt. Um, you absolutely will not regret that. So, um, and then also go download the app, the North American waterfowler.com kind of sucks. Cause, um, I, I've been working my butt off on this app, man. I mean, I've been working on this thing for so long, pouring so much money into it. And I'm on there today looking at the app store and 
I don't have that many reviews yet. It's still a young app and it's like, gosh, I got a couple of real negative reviews. I'm working so hard on this. It's like we used to have a free version for people and um, we used to have a free version. And so I had to take that away um, because I just put so much money into this and I can see how many hunts are logged here and there. It has to be worth my while. So I had to eliminate the free version of the app. And when I did that, it made some people upset. Um, and then there was one particular user that um, apparently felt like they had lost all of their hunts, which there is a section on the app where you can download your hunts into a spreadsheet. I put that on there so people wouldn't feel like they're ever going to lose their data because I want to make sure that when people are logging their hunts, they realize that that data will always be available to them no matter what. And so I had a download data button put on the website and the app so that you could bring it into a spreadsheet and always save all of your hunts. And so when I did this huge update where we changed the graphics, we added all these features where you can add pictures, there's extended leaderboards, you can um, track dog retrieves, which I'm really enjoying. Um, I've never done that before. I'm doing it this year. And I'm going to add that to leaderboards too. But when I did that, I, I had to add a paywall um, so the, um, it, with a free trial on there. So it went from free version to free trial. And when I did that, um, some people didn't realize that when they tried to log on for the first time and they no longer had, um, their free version, they hit this paywall and they start freaking out. Oh, my hunts. I've, I've been logging for two years. I lost my hunts. Well, all you have to do is start a free trial and download it and then cancel the trial. Um, that was the best way that, that to do that. And this lady just didn't understand that, that you could do that. And so she hammered me with this uh, negative review on there and said, you know, I've been, I've been um, tracking my hunts for two and a half years and I lost all that data. And she was really mad and everything. And man, I just felt bad about it. And I hate that being on the reviews that people are looking at and thinking somehow I'm, I'm not letting people have their data because I can tell you, I, am, I have made this thing for North American waterfowlers like you. I have made this for me and for you. I use it as much as those of you that, that use it do. And so um, I, I, if you get on the app, I'm never, you will always have access to your hunts. You will always have access to your hunts. And I would never close someone out and make them pay to go back and retrieve that. I wish she had emailed me. I wish maybe I could have communicated better. But So you can go on there, create a free trial, download all that stuff, um, and then cancel the trial. Then I had another negative where a guy's like, I couldn't cancel it. It charged me $5. And I don't, I mean, I've tested this stuff so many times and I, you can cancel it. I don't know. I don't know what the user error. I don't know what it was, but the cancel button works for the free trial. It was kind of making it out. Like I was intentionally not letting people cancel and taking their money. It's like, uh, oh man, guys, I promise I'm trying. I am trying to bring a quality product to you guys. That's going to benefit you. Um, I put in, a ton of money on this more thing, more money than I'd even like to um, admit. I, this, certainly I can tell you that I'm not in the green on this and, and it's going to be a long time before I am. I this is out of pocket money um, because I've always wanted to do it. want to bring it to you and I do want to profit off it. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. I want to make money off this thing, but my ultimate desire, this was to make this for myself and to make it for other people and, and maybe make some money in the process. So anyway, check that the North American waterfowler on iOS and also on Google play store um, or just the website. 
it, it's both both the same. So um, let me go ahead and and get into my plans for this weekend because, like I said, I am I have been so thoughtfully planning and scouting. Right now in the area that I live, our water is garbage. I mean, it's it's going to be a brutal year. We've got some good pools, you know, 30 to 45 minutes from my house, but we have so few of them, it's going to be inundated with other hunters. And I'm just, I don't want to play that game. I don't want to play that game. So I'm taking off. I'm out of here this weekend. I'm going on a big adventure. And I've decided that I just kind of need a weekend alone. I just kind of need a weekend by myself. I did ask Fumble Miss to go with me. Um, and unfortunately he's just doesn't, you know, he's getting older and struggling more and more. So he wasn't going to go, but uh, you know, I, I honestly, I need some time by myself. So these places that I'm going, I'm just going to take off and go. Um, I'm going to take a tent and sleeping bags with me and all my food and in my new, um, pack back cooler. And I'm just going and I'm going to go with the wind and I'm going to scout all over the place and I'm going to sleep where I sleep and I'm going to hunt where I hunt. I don't know. I've got a bunch of pins. I've got a bunch of different lakes I want to look at and hopefully I can find a place, but um, I'm just going to be a nomad starting um, this weekend. I'm just going to be a nomad and I'm going to travel and I'm going to look, I'm going to search. I'm going to try to chronicle this on video as much as I can. I'm really, really excited about the places that I'm looking about. But more than that, I am looking forward to just the solitude of being by myself. And I feel like I just need a a little break with just me. Me and G. Me and Georgie are going to do this. You know, I've, I've turned 50 last May. I've got a 21-year-old, 20-year-old, 19-year-old, 16-year-old. And as they start to leave the house and I turn 50 and physically things are harder than they used to be, it's a hard time. It's a difficult time. I, I don't know how old you are. You're listening to this. I know when I hit 40, that was really not a big deal. I mean, people have the big, the big joke where everyone wears black at 40. I really think that should be a 50 because 50 is kicking my butt. And uh, I still relatively feel young. But when you're 40, it's like you still got 20 years to 60, 30 years to 70. When you hit 50, you're staring 60 right right in the face, 10 years away. Now your kids are leaving the house. And let me tell you, adult kids are really, really difficult, really hard, really draining. And so it's been a really tough year. It's been a calendar 12 months. It's been probably one of the hardest years of my life. Um. I'm trying to pull in as close as I can to Jesus Christ and and strengthen my relationship. My relationship with my wife right now is as good as it has ever been, for sure. And so work has been kind of rough. And so I just need this time to be a nomad waterfowler with just me and my dog. The idea of just rolling, going, not knowing where I'm going to sleep. Am I going to sleep in the back of my truck? Am I going to grab a hotel room? Am I going to throw up a little tent? I'll probably, I doubt I'll get a hotel. I don't know. I'm just going to let the wind blow me where I go. And man, I'm really, really excited about the thought of that. So that's going to be coming up. So let's go ahead now and take a real quick break. I'm going to play the song for you from Josh Garrels. I know I bring a lot of his music to you because I 
just think more people need to hear it. So check out this song, and then we will come right back with the comment of the week. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Uh, welcome back. Thank you for hanging on the break here. And let's go ahead and move into comment of the week. It's time for comment of the week. All right, this comment is from Tim Brady, and it comes on my YouTube channel, Freelance Duck Hunting, and it was on a video um, that I posted a long time ago where with my H12, I had gotten a trolling motor and a little kit to actually um, con- to attach the trolling motor to the boat. He says, hey, Elliot, I've been scrolling through your older H12 videos to see the way you have yours set up, and I was wondering how this trolling motor setup has fared out over the years. Also, the seat they came with, my H12, doesn't fit in the kayak with the Northern Fight blind on. What are your recommendations for an aftermarket seat? I can't imagine a long paddle with the layout seat from the blind. Any recommended recommendations are greatly appreciated. Love the channel, by the way. All right. So first of all, let me address um, this Newport Vessel attachment. It's a really good attachment. You can get it from Newport Vessels. 
and it, it clips onto your kayak, which allows you to put a trolling motor and, and use it. And it works just fine. However, I will say that you have to use a regular deep cell battery and lugging a heavy deep cell battery around in an 85 pound boat is not ideal. And so I rarely, rarely use it um, because I just am not dying to have a huge deep cell battery in the kayak. So most of the times I, I just paddle. In fact, um, I've only used it a few times. My, I, when my dad was going, I, I, I did it for him, but just jacking with that big old massive heavy battery was just a pain and paddling is not that big of a deal. So it is a good product, but for me, the weight of the battery just didn't quite match up, um, enough to where I was paddling that I want to use it. And I will also say, I don't do a lot of really long paddles. Um, if I was doing a really long paddle, I would still probably use it. Most of the time when I'm using my layout boat, it's really not that long of a paddle. Um, so um, take that for what it is. And as far as the seat question goes, this is a little bit of a problem because when you pull out the regular seat, you're just stuck with the layout blind seat. And for a long time, I was using Jordan's old company, HGR Innovations. They had a layout lounge that worked perfectly for paddling, and I still have a couple of those. So there's not any really great answer that I've got for you. One thing that I have done um, with this, actually my dad got to doing this, is he would take two by fours and he would put together a board and he would measure the length of or the width of the kayak and he would make the board and put little nail little sideboards to them so they would clip down over the side so they couldn't slide because it would fit perfectly. So um, think of it as you got a board on top and just a little like two or three inch board on each side that uh, goes down so it holds on the sides of the kayak and it can't slip around. And from there, what I would do is not really sit on that like a seat. We would sit on our knees and put that on our butt. And that you would be surprised how comfortable that actually was. And we use that a lot of time, but until I started using the H, um, uh, the HTR layout lounge, we use those all the time. So those are easy to make. And if you're just going to paddle and then you're going to use it as a layout boat, I would highly suggest, um, going that route. Cause it's a really good way to go. And then you can just put that thing to the side when you're ready to lay out hunt. So those are the options I have for you on that, Tim. Thank you so much for asking the question. That brings us to the final segment, the one you've been waiting for. Let's go ahead and bring Woody on here for Woody's Top 5. All right, boys, let's get this wrapped up so we can get back to hunting. Yeah, it's Woody's Top 5 All right, here is my buddy Woody for another Woody's Top 5. I've been waiting two weeks for this. What do you have, buddy? Ooh. Well, Elliot, I'll tell you what, before we get started, I, oh, you know my buddy Lim Parsons. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, <laughs> for all his faults and and shortcomings, he's a very thoughtful and giving felon. So back in June, me and Miss Larnetta, we celebrated our... Uh, our 22nd wedding anniversary and so Lim he he went to got us a gift card to the to the uh oh what's that place called over it's over in Norton County it's the the Hibachi Grill it's called the Mm. Hibachi Grill Mm -hmm. it's one of them one of them Japanese places where they throw the food at you 
And so anyhow, we, me and Miss Larnett are running over there today, and and uh, he's going to have us kind of a an early afternoon lunch. I, I cut off work a little early. So we got over there about 3.30 or 4 o'clock. <laughs> that feller in the funny hat started cooking up them shrimp, throwing them through the air. Mm-hmm. And I, you know me, Elliot. I, if I can draw a crowd and make folks laugh or get a little attention, I'll do it. And so <laughs> I started catching them shrimp out of the air. And before long, I had people chanting my name, Woody, Woody. <laughs> they was all wanting to see me catch some more. Now, <laughs> I'm good at eating, but I ain't the most cultured feller. And so <laughs> I, the, the cook up there with the funny hat on, he's, he's flipping them things out there and folks is catching them and on. He had sent me a half a dozen or more of them shrimp and I was really doing a good job with them. And, and then I, I misunderstood what the feller said. I thought he said, do you want some more? Well, of course I said, yeah, come on. So he flipped something through the air. It, I, of course, I caught it because I didn't want to disappoint my crowd there. <laughs> Turns out what he he didn't say, do you want some more? He said, wasabi. Well, Elliot, I didn't know what a wasabi was, but evidently a wasabi is some sort of Japanese death bean. <laughs> I, I'm not... I'm not real big on all them peppers and hot sauce and stuff. I just, I don't go in for that stuff. It, it gives me heartburn real bad. And it usually about 24 hours later, it pays me back even worse. And so I, when that wasabi bean hit my mouth and I thought it was a shrimp, I bit right down on it and it popped inside of my mouth. <laughs> I thought a hand grenade had gone off in there. Oh, that was the, whoo, I, I, I bet I ate at least four or five more shrimp and I, just trying to make the burn go away. I couldn't even taste them. I didn't even know what to take. In I fact, that, spice. there's a few minutes there. I, I kind of had an out-of-body experience. I was like I was hovering <laughs> up above watching myself catch them shrimp out of the air. So I, I told Miss Larnetta, if you hear him say wasabi, you elbow me or something so I can hit the floor because I don't want to catch another one of them things. Anyway. Had to keep that. Had to keep that crowd chanting Woody. I wish I'd been there for that. I, mean, I could definitely get in on a good Woody chant. Mm. I'll tell you what, the tip of my tongue is still a little raw from that one. <laughs> Anyhow, all right. Tonight I got for you the the top five ways to fix a leaky decoy. You know, we can't all have a a big corporate sponsorship out here, us, us regular hunting fellers, and so we. Uh, we have to pay for our own decoys, and so sometimes we, you gotta, you gotta improvise, do what you can do to to make sure you got a full spread out there without having, you don't want to lose any of them. Occasionally, we take somebody along with us that uh, ain't real accustomed to the whole hunting situation, and they end up peppering a bunch of the decoys, <laughs> shooting at a a wood duck or something. And so, I've come up with the top five list of things here that I think best ways to deal with a leaky decoy. So number five, this is one of my favorites, but I, I started with started the list out here with it. Number five, and that's Flex Seal. I don't know if you've ever used Flex Seal on anything, but no. it comes in a can, you can spray it on there, and, and it's, uh, it's kind of like tar. Kind of like tar in a spray can, but, 
But the nice thing about it is, it's got kind of a bumpy texture to it, and it kind of has a, a dull appearance. So not only does it stop up the hole, but it kind of doubles its flocking on your decoys. It kind of gives them a natural texture there. So uh, the flex seal ain't too bad. Uh, the problem is if you spray several of them and put them all in the same bag or tie them up on the same string together, they get stuck to each other. Then you got a big mess on your hands when you get out to the duck hole because they, uh, they all tend to stick together. Anyway, uh, number four on the list of the top five ways to fix a leaky decoy. And I just threw this in here because... As my son said this years ago when I was complaining about a decoy leaking, he said, he's a little old fella, about three or four years old. He said, Daddy, why don't you just use some duct tape? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, that's not a bad idea. But I said, son, duct tape won't stick. Oh, <laughs> it took me a minute, Elliot. He didn't mean because it was sticky. He meant because it was on a duck decoy. <laughs> <laughs> duct tape, duct tape. So we've got a lot of laughs out of that over the years. I would never recommend you actually using duct tape because that stuff won't, it'll stick to anything except something wet. Yeah. You got something wet, duct tape ain't going to stick on there for nothing. I learned that the hard way trying to tape up some, some waders one time. Anyhow, number three. I think you, no, you didn't. You used Gorilla Glue, didn't you, on your waders one time? Did I, did. I did. I did. I did. It worked for about 10 hunts, too. That was when I burnt I, I burnt my waders on the first yeah. time I had them on the fire. Uh, maybe it was old Danny Boy. He used that great stuff. The spray foam, didn't he? Some, somebody on the show used some, some yeah. uh, spray foam on something. But that he did. Spray foam ain't too bad on decoy. If you got one that's got a, a pretty good hole in it, you can stick that thing down in there, a straw, and fill it full of spray foam. And it'll uh, it'll do a pretty good job of stopping up the hole, but uh, sometimes it'll kind of if you if you don't get it adjusted just right, if you don't have a weighted keel decoy, it'll kind of cause them to ride funny in the water. Now, <laughs> oh Lim, he, oh me, you know my buddy Lim Parsons. He 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 means well, but uh, he's taken a lot of hits to the head over the years. <laughs> <laughs> years back he we had some decoys had holes in them and i was ready just to get rid of them because they were they were pretty what happened was we left them out for a how we probably left them there a couple of weeks and uh, the hawks would swoop in and, and i reckon hawks eagles owls something snatch them up out of the hole and drag them up on the bank and chew their heads open they just fray the top of their head open them and so I was just going to throw them away. And old Lim decided he's going to fill them with that great stuff. So he got the can of it, shook it up, sprayed it all down in there. But the top of their heads was still all frayed out kind of funny. And so he got a he got a grill lighter. He's going to melt that plastic and bend it back in on the top. Well, evidently, unbeknownst to my buddy Lim, the gases that are released by that spray foam when you first spray it in there, are highly flammable. <laughs> <laughs> so he sprayed that spray foam in there and then went to light it <laughs> like that plastic or meld it with that grill lighter. It shot a, a flamethrower flame right back <laughs> in his face. <laughs> Burned off both of his eyebrows. <laughs> oh my gosh. But the good news was he had a big old mole right up there above one of them. It burned that mole <laughs> off too. Did it? So it wasn't a total loss. 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, number two. Now this one's this is I'm serious here. These are stuff that you can buy it. You can buy it just about any any hardware store or Walmart, or you can even buy it at Hobby Lobby. And that's E six thousand. Comes in a tube. Pop mm-hmm. it open. Squirt that stuff out. Now E six thousand will stick to anything. Yeah. I mean, it'll stick to anything, but you just be careful because it'll stick to anything, and it'll you, you just got to be careful with it. But that stuff, I've I've put it on just about everything except waders. It I tried it on some uh, rubber hip boot kind of deals. Didn't work real great, but I've used it on all other kind of stuff, and it works pretty good. Now I don't have any kind of uh, I'm not getting paid to advertise re six thousand. I just my own personal opinion. Number one. Now, here's one. That I, I don't prefer to do this necessarily, but they, I, I will admit there's been a couple of times in my life that I've gotten so frustrated with a decoy that just I can't get it to stop leaking. And so the top, the number one way to deal with a leaky decoy is the deep six. Just sacrifice it to the lake gods. Give it a burial at sea and just let it go. Yeah, repairing leaky waders is not the easiest task uh, or decoys. I mean, I, either of those for me, if they get holes in them, decoys, waders, it's like over. Yeah, but I'll have to try some of your uh, try some of your ideas. Flex seal. That's not too bad, especially you like uh, spray it on their heads a little bit there. It kind of gives it kind of that dull black look, you know. I can't stand rattling. Even if they got shot in it, they rattle. It drives me nuts. Even if they're not <laughs> taking water, it drives me nuts. We used to have it. You know, this, now, I'm, I'm going to go back a few years on you here. We had uh, some uh, decoys. I think they's G&H decoys mm-hmm. back in the 90s. And they were they were a different kind of plastic. They was kind of a, they called it a self-healing plastic or something like that. But uh, you could shoot through them. And the hole would seal back up. It wouldn't wouldn't stay real open. <laughs> but uh, it was a funny texture. They were kind of more rubbery than they were hard plastic. But mm. we had so many of them that were like that. They rattled, but they they held water. They was good decoys. They were heavy as all get out. Like carrying around a sack full of concrete blocks. Yeah. But uh, they didn't sink. Did you hear what I did to Aiden's decoys? I didn't post the video because I, I accidentally deleted the GoPro footage, but uh, it was we were hunting this tiny little public hole, and we knew that we were just going to get a, probably a few ducks right at first light. It was like on a Sunday when I was driving home that day. And five minutes before shooting time, Teal come in and, and land on the pond, and you know it, it came down to just at shooting time, and so we got up our knees, and I saw two teal sitting right there together and a third one came and landed with him and i said aiden i think i can i think i can kill all three of these with one shot and he's like okay on three one two three and i shoot and one of the three takes off flying the other two were decoys i don't know what it was i saw the i saw the silhouettes and i didn't stop to think they might be decoys and man i didn't kill the one and just slaughtered his two of his brand new decoys it was their second hunt they'd ever been on <laughs> he, he handled it pretty well he handled it pretty well. i'll have to have him listen to this episode for ideas <laughs> yeah yeah pass a few of them along to him yeah 
Well, all right, man. Well, thank you for joining us again. I will see you. you in a couple of weeks. Uh, this, has right. been a, this has been a Woody's Top 5. Well, that was another Woody's Top 5. Thank you guys for making it all the way to the end of this podcast. This would be a good time for you to download the North American Waterfowler app and get started logging your hunts over there. So that's all I have for you guys today. Until next time, you've listened to another episode of the North American Waterfowler search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv